The San Francisco Dance Film Festival presents Dancing Through the Lens, a bi-monthly podcast featuring guests from our dance and filmmaking communities who share their interests, insights, and methods of creation and connection. I'm Claire Schweitzer. Welcome to Dancing Through the Lens, San Francisco Dance Film Festival's bi-monthly podcast, where we feature dancers, choreographers, and filmmakers who create the wonderful content we present at the festival and throughout the year. I'm Judy Flannery, and I'm delighted to introduce to our audience San Francisco Ballet's new artistic director, Tamara Rojo. Welcome to San Francisco and to an exciting new chapter in your career. Thank you. Thank you very much. The um, San Francisco Dance Film Festival, our opening night program on October 28th is a salute to shorts. And one of the featured films is this wonderful, darkly humorous work that will um, be an evening with Talioni, which was made in partnership with the English National Ballet and you as its artistic director. Can you tell us how this film came to be and why you wanted the English National Ballet to participate in this project? So we've had a long relationship with Morgan and Jess, who are the two women that directed the short. They have been experimenting with film and dance for many years, before many of us thought that there was anything in it. Obviously, after the pandemic, we're all now convinced that there's something in it. But um, to be honest and to give credit what credit is due, both Jess and Morks have always considered film and dance to be perfect partners, and they have done a lot of projects. And so because we've already worked with them a few times, and they did a film to introduce uh, a short as well before our Akram Giselle premiere, and they've done other things. When they reached out to me about this story, I, in, in, in all honesty, I tried to say yes to anything they suggest. <laughs> um, so the project was going to happen during the holiday, and originally I was going to be Taglioni, uh, but Lots of things happened uh, in the meantime, and, and then I wasn't available. But I was very happy that we were able to be part of, of this very funny and, and very interesting film. What um, relationship and role do you see film and dance together, especially now in your new um, position as artistic director of a new company? Do you see this um, relationship that you very much embraced at the English National Ballet um, as something that you'd like to uh, continue or explore in San Francisco? Very much so. I really hope that we're able to do things. Um, like you said, uh, during the pandemic, we realized that we didn't want to just share our archive performances, which are the traditional way of filming uh, ballet, which is you perform and then you record it with a number of cameras and you edit it. And then what the audience gets is like, is, is a representation of what a true performance will be. Um, I wanted to do something different. So we commissioned six films uh, that was an equal partnership between film directors and choreographers. And so that changed a lot what, what we got um, in that it was as important the filmography 
as the representation of the choreography. And, and when commissioned, I was very clear to the choreographers that this was not a ballet to be filmed, but that it was a film with choreography as the language rather than words. Um, I thought it was very successful. One of them won an Olivier Award, the one uh, uh, by Ariel Smith. And so um, it's something I would love to, to continue to explore. What is true is film is not cheap. And while during the pandemic, the audience was willing to pay for content, now we're back to pre-pandemic, uh, which is wonderful and also difficult in that people have a lot to, of choices, a lot of choices of where they want to spend their time and money. And so consuming dance from their laptop is no longer something they are so willing to do or they do but they're not willing to pay for it so it's something that needs to to be explored with that in mind that it is very much a research and development of the art form and an opportunity to reach audiences that because of a number of reasons cannot come to the theater uh, and and who really appreciate the opportunity to watch great dance digitally um, but it is so far not an alternative uh, to our business model. So it's, a, it, it's an addition to all the other things we need to do. Um, so yeah. you see it almost like uh, perhaps touring at one time, uh, classical ballet companies toured. And mm -hmm. I know that some choreographers and artistic directors are now looking at film as an alternative to touring um, to reach bigger audiences. And do you see that as just another enhancement or in lieu of, or as you said, perhaps just one more uh, tool in the toolkit to um, reach out to new audiences? I still believe that we are in the business of live performance and that there is something transformative about coming together into a place with thousands of people you don't know to share um, an experience together. There is something about bringing our humanity in that process. It's, it's something very primal, it's something that humanity has done for thousands of years. And I think it's something that still has a value for our society. And I have seen that if anything, after the, the two years, people are more eager to come together. They need to feel that they are part of an event, that they are part of something shared and unique, and that is an experience that if they didn't leave it at that point, it will disappear and they would have missed it. Um, so I don't think you can, I don't think it's an either or. I don't think we can take away that experience or I don't think we should. For many, when we perform for children, English National Ballet is a touring company. So for me, touring is very close to my heart because I see how important it is for those people that only get to see ballet once a year when we come to those cities and for those children that for the first time hear a live orchestra, it is completely transformative. But I do think it's a very exciting tool. I think that film and any kind of digital content can be a very exciting tool and a tool that does reach, like I said before, those that either for physical or economic or other issues cannot come to the theater. And we should try to reach as many people as possible. So I do think it's another way of sharing what, what we believe to be an important 
art form, um, but not an alternative to touring as such. Typically, when we have an opening night at the Dance Film Festival, we would feature a big narrative, uh, feature-length narrative or a feature-length documentary film. Um, and this year, we decided we would curate some of the best short programs that we collected for our festival this year and put the spotlight on this art form, shorts, the screen dance, works that are choreographed specifically for the camera instead <laughs> of the stage. And whether they're narratives or just exploration of movement, you know, they're choreographed to the camera. Many of the films that we're showing on opening night, including An Evening with Taglioni, are um, short films that feature a lot of San Francisco ballet dancers. Now they have been made independently and, and in many cases, they've actually are filmmakers themselves, these dancers. They have explored this medium and enriched, I think, this art form. How do you feel about dancers, now that you're going to be the artistic director at San Francisco Ballet, of having these dancers independently pursuing some of their um, film projects independently? Would you encourage oh, that? Yes, I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, um, they are of the generation that understands that better than any other very of them M many of them are in their early 20s or, or early 30s i'm of a generation that wasn't born into this digital revolution so i am i'm learning about it very often they know much better what they want to see and what their peers want to see so i'm always very encouraging of any kind of um initiative that a dancer wants to take and sometimes is is also that contradiction that dancers in a company are restricted by the union rules, but when they do things individually, they can have much more freedom. Mm -hmm. um, but it's all in the benefit of the organization too. Uh, you know, the more the dancers are known, um, the more their names are recognized, uh, the more people will come to see them perform where they're performing with San Francisco Valley. So uh, yes, absolutely. I, I think it's wonderful uh, when dancers do photograph or design or do galas internationally or guess with other companies or indeed create films. It's all, it's all a plus. Um, many of our audience have already seen you as a dancer or an actress uh, in some of the films that we've presented in the past, such as Yuli with Carlos Acosta. And oh, yeah. in 2019, we premiered the Akron Khan's Giselle. And so we uh, are familiar with your face. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to ask you, um, now that you're wearing a different hat as an artistic director, um, do you think that it's important uh, for an artist artistic director to have had that dancer's background, that dancer's experience? Is that, how is that going to inform your uh, approach to managing and directing you know, a major dance company? Well, I've been directing English National Ballet for 10 years. Um, I'm glad to be leaving the dancing behind, actually. I, I do think that to direct a ballet company, you need to understand the world. Um, you need to understand the history of our art form. You need to understand our traditions. You need to understand the motivation of the young people that come into this art form. Um, so having had that experience and having 
uh, a career that means that I don't have any regrets or any uh, unfulfilled wishes or uh, and that is now my opportunity to give back and to share what I have learned and to share uh, my platforms or my connections or whatever I can uh, to help this new generation um, for me is, is incredibly rewarding. I think there are some exceptions. I can only think of one, which is Serge Diaghilev. He's the only person that, you know, succeeded in running probably one of the most important companies in the world, Belarus, without having been himself a dancer. But he was an extraordinary man. Most of the time, I would say, just like you will want whoever is teaching a, a heart surgeon to have been a heart surgeon and not just read the books about it. You will want whoever is teaching someone to be a performer, to have been a performer uh, and not just have heard about it or have seen it. At the English National Ballet, you commissioned Akron Khan to uh, create this reimagined Giselle, which was, I thought, stunning. Did you participate in the reimagining of this classic work or was that I mean, I was curious how you coll collaborated with uh, Khan and whether you participated in some way in the reimagining of a classic like that. It was a very close collaboration and a very long process. Um, we, Akram does not come from a ballet background, so he didn't know Giselle, the ballet. Um, so first we worked on that. I literally danced for him and he recorded in a studio every part of the ballet. And I talked as I danced every single role for what it meant, you know, uh, what the relationship with each other was, what, you know, every gesture and every mime uh, meant uh, so that he could record it um, through the eyes of each character. Um, and so we worked a long time just alone in the studio. We did quite a lot of also research and development of just material. Um, and then later throughout the choreography, um, you know, we talked constantly about the meaning of every, every role and the essence of every role. And of course, Giselle, the most important one. I think because we had found that, that trust on each other um, that we could really open up, but also push and question um, and work together. So it, it was a really rewarding, um, not easy process, but rewarding. Well, as I said, it was a stunning film. And when we presented it in 2019 to our local Bay Area audiences, um, there was tremendous response. Um, it was it was very very exciting. Can you tell us a little bit about next at ninety and what what that is going to entail and what you have in mind? So next at ninety is still Helgi Thomason um, programming. Uh, is is his last season? The whole season was programmed by him. Okay. Uh, and is uh, is the last of the festivals he has created for a number of years and. He chose the choreographers. Um, he because it's the natural thing. Like I left to the next director of English National Ballet. The next twelve months already done. Um, we usually plan uh, three years in advance, 
Um, so, so thankfully, Helgi did all this year so that I can come and, and observe and learn. But I'm very excited. I have been watching the rehearsals. I have been watching the, um, the choreographers in the studio. And I think there's some gems um, that the audience is really going to, to love and enjoy. And yeah, it has been wonderful to see the diversity of the people in the studio and the very different ways in which they all work. Do you envision yourself doing something very similar, a, a festival of some kind where you commission works from um, a variety of choreographers, maybe not all of them necessarily in the, the ballet world, but as you had mentioned with working with Agra Khan, that, that they bring a new perspective and a new uh, reimagination sometimes to the ballet vo vocabulary, the vernacular, and that it, you can still create something um, for the ballet audience? I, I hope so. I mean, I don't know yet um, that I will do a festival of this kind. I think um, I, I am perhaps, perhaps more medley when I commission. <laughs> um, I think uh, Helgi is incredibly courageous. I think I'm a bit more controlling uh, in that uh, I commission more specific things, but certainly I will continue to bring all kinds of collaborators, not just choreographers, but also composers mm -hmm. and designers that don't come from the tradition of ballet. Because I think that's where we regenerate ourselves and we again question what we are and we always win. I feel that every time that, uh, that uh, an outsider has come into the ballet world, the ballet world has come out of it better and richer and um, more open and more courageous. So I very much uh, want to continue to to bring, like you say, all kinds of collaborators. And hopefully many of these productions will be filmed. And hopefully, yes. And hopefully we'll also bring film directors to work with us. Um, so yes, and, and I'm sure you will be able to help me uh, in finding the, the right people um, so yeah. I look forward to also getting to know you better <laughs> so that we can, because I'm very, very co collaborative. I, I really love to learn from everybody else, especially, I, you know, an artistic director cannot be the best at everything. And there's people always that know more. And I always love to surround myself um, by those people. Well, I think one of the um, tremendous benefits of working with the festival is that we have been very, very lucky in seeing the magic that happens when you have film and dance come together. And often, you know, you create a whole other new piece of work that you even imagine. I look forward to hopefully presenting many, many works that you will be um, responsible for presenting and creating and producing with the San Francisco Ballet. And I wanted to thank you so much, Tamara, for taking time from your very, very busy schedule to talk with us. We look forward to seeing an evening with Talioni um, later this month at our opening. And we look forward to seeing many wonderful new works that you will be presenting in the near future. Welcome. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Thank you so much for having me. Dancing Through the Lens is a production of the San Francisco Dance Film Festival. It is produced and hosted by Chris Willette and Claire Schweitzer. 
Theme music for Dancing Through the Lens was composed by Daria Novo. You can find the San Francisco Dance Film Festival online at sfdancefilmfest.org and in the social media pages linked in the show notes. Mm-hmm.